3: Hello everyone, you're listening to the first edition of the Rotoviz Season Review Podcast. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. On today's edition of the show, we're going to be discussing the NFC South and looking at the good, the bad and the ugly of what has happened in the division in 2017. I'm joined on today's show by my co-host for this episode. It will be Anthony Amico, who you can follow on Twitter at Amixton. I'm looking forward to it. We'll have eight editions of this Series 1 pair Uh, division and we'll be going through them one by one and we have a team of hosts that will be involved and of course myself and Anthony up first delighted to be able to join him on the show. Anthony how have you been keeping my man? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Doing good. Uh, I just want to say for listeners, in case there is some pitchy audio on my side here, uh, I was having some technical issues as we started. Hopefully it will all come out smoothly, but uh, some some skips uh, on my side, that will be completely down to my fault. Uh, hopefully it won't take away from your enjoyment. but I- I've been doing good. Obviously we have gone through week seven, getting ready for the wildcard weekend, and of course... Uh, you know a lot of excitement if your team's still in the playoffs my team's in the playoffs and uh, i know a lot of the listeners the playoffs but we're going to look back at the season and maybe uh, look ahead to Next season may go with some of the teams and uh, all the divisions we have a multitude of host that will be doing the show and i'm glad the opportunity to have anthony on with me today today's show is brought to you by our friends over at the ffpc anthony why don't you fill the listeners in on some of the great stuff the ffpc has got going on
1: Our friends at the FFPC have the longest-running and most unique playoff contest in the fantasy football universe, the FFPC Playoff Challenge. It's $200 to enter with a $100,000 grand prize and a $600,000 total prize pool, paying all the way down to 550th place. I've never played a contest like this before. There's no salary cap. There's no draft you have to worry about. Just choose 10 players to make up your team's roster. But there is one catch. You're only allowed to use one player from each NFL team. So, for instance, if you choose Tom Brady to be your quarterback, you cannot have any other Patriots on your roster. That's your roster for the duration of the entire playoffs, including the Super Bowl. There will be no changes, substitutions, or free agent pickups once rosters are locked. And, of course, as NFL teams get knocked out, so will your players. So choose your team wisely. The contest is capped at 3,500 total entries. It sells out every year, so make sure you get your entry in now. Registration will close Saturday, January 6th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Don't wait. Go to myffpc.com and get your team right now. That's myffpc.com. Get your team and end your season with a bang.
3: Yeah, the the FFPC uh, are always fantastic here. To also Rotoviz and Rotoviz Radio and the uh, the work they put in and the, the competitions and these they run are always of uh, the highest standard with the highest level of competition. So this one uh, should be another fantastic and a very interesting prospect of basically team trying to predict who is going to make it all the way through to the Super Bowl and then see how those guys can go. And the, the other thing is, you know, you mentioned there is one player per team. So even if you pick the two teams to get to the Super Bowl, you're only going to have one player on each lineup for that. So it's a fascinating uh, way to look at it. And I love just playing in different leagues, different format. One that I, I'm looking forward to, but right into so we're at the NFC South. And uh, first up, we're going to do it in terms of uh, ranked throughout the season. So the team that won the division was the uh, New Orleans Saints, and they had a they they did win the division, but they did finish tied with the Panthers at 11 and five, and with that, uh, they won the eyebreaker. So. Saints um you know they they just had a really, really strong season very strong at home, seven and one at home, four and four on the road and then in the division I mentioned the tiebreaker four and two in the division. So uh, a hugely successful season, I guess, from the U Obviously, we had Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram really dominant in the season. Drew Brees, while people are talking about him probably not a year of any sort, but he did finish with the uh, 72% completion on all of his passes this season. That is the highest in NFL history. So I guess we have to say that say that was uh, quite good for him. He's now has four of the 10 most accurate seasons in NFL history including uh, tw- 2017, he had 2016, it uh, 2011, and 2009. So were you uh, impressed overall with uh, how the Saints rolled this season? Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, you have to be. And, of course, it starts with the changes that they made on defense. A couple of rookies at corner, uh, Lattimore and Crowley, they've been tremendous upgrades for them. Uh, of course, some of the other players in the defense have played better as well. But this team has almost changed its identity from where it was uh, a year ago and really just over the past few years where they've been really really pass happy really having to score points to stay up in games and the defense has stepped up a lot this year i think that this team has made some really good progress and uh, you know it's weird because i think that coming into the year we could have maybe said maybe this is the last year for breeze maybe this is the last year for payton if they you know have another one of those seven and nine or eight and eight seasons but uh they're rolling right now so i'm pretty excited to see what they do in the playoffs especially yeah,
3: I mentioned as well uh, with Breeze that he also passed the uh, 70,000 yards passing. Uh, he's only the third quarterback in NFL. He that with Peyton Manning and Brett Favre to do it. Prior to him, Michael Thomas uh, now has the most catches through his first NFL history. is 104 catches on the season, uh, 1,245 yards, 5 touchdowns. That's 5 touchdowns, probably the most disappointing part. He did have quite a number of touchdowns this season like, due to either penalty or due to maybe not getting in the end zone or bounds at the back of the end zone. So it uh, could have been a lot, lot more. I thought he had a really, really nice season. Uh, broke the record for catches this year and Blair. Uh, well, pretty much no player has done what he's done through his uh, first two-year NFL. He tied Odell Beckham for the you know the receptions over the first two years, and are uh, actually what the Jarvis Landry did hold at previous ninety-six over the first two seasons. That was uh, broken now. Obviously, by uh, Michael Thomason, Mark Ingram, and Alvin Kamara uh, both topped fifteen hundred yards from scrimmage in the first uh, duo ever as running backs in the same team. So you can't really talk about the the Saints without talking about uh, the run game and. You know, we, we know what Mark Ingram can do, but I'll come into this in, in the draft, obviously. Come in as a rookie. They had Adrian Peterson there. They traded him away to the Cardinals, but we have to just... Uh, I've, been, I've been blown away by what Kamara has done. When he came in, I thought he would be good. I thought he would catch the ball out of the backfield, but I really uh, I guess nobody could see that just as how good and how dynamic he is. Yeah, I mean,
1: I thought that he would have a receiving role, but I kind of thought that that would be it, and I didn't expect it to be this extreme. I mean, he's been... You know, they lost Brandon Cooks in the offseason, I think that was leading to questions of, you know, who's going to be the number two receiver in this offense, and it ended up being Kamara. I mean, he was second on the team in target share, 19%. I think that's just absurd for a running back. We'll talk about another running back in this division that was also able to be a tremendous uh, receiving weapon. But, uh, I mean, what he's done, at, not just as a receiver, but also obviously as a runner, and certainly the trade of Adrian Peterson, I think, helped to loosen, you know, the, you know uh, oil the wheels a little bit on that. Uh, it's been incredible and I, and I was like dead wrong on Kamara I mean I kind of thought he'd be a specialist I didn't think that there was any way he would be this good in the run game and I was dead wrong so I mean it, hats off to him he's been phenomenal
3: yeah and you look back to week 17 uh, if you're listening to this just shortly after it came out we're recording this just a of card weekend but at week 17 that uh an off return or a punt return that he took back down uh, in Week Seventeen, but it literally looked like he was just jived and he was just running away from running away from the defender. So the athletic ability that uh, Alvin Kamara has is uh, incredible, and uh, I look forward to seeing what he does in the playoffs and years to come in the NFL. And to the Panthers, obviously we have to look at them and. You know, come to 11 and 5 as well. There was a point during the mid part of the season with the Panthers and looked like they were playing bad, looked like everything was kind of not going their way, and then all of a sudden you look up, uh, you know, at, at the season the, they have seven wins, and, you know, I got off guard, and then they would go on with 11 wins in the season. Mm-hmm. They did lose in week 17 to the family. Overall, this team has got the wins but they haven't been really impressed in pretty much every outside of rushing yards per game uh, you know if you look at their total yards they're ranked ninth in the nfl passing yards are 28th in the nfl the the russian nfl uh so that's obviously imp- the other thing that's impressive from them is their percentage which is seventh in the nfl but looking through every other kind of statistical degree they are uh you know towards so this is a team that's kind of and really in the mid to of the nfl nothing really elite have you been surprised that this
1: team has got 11 wins on the season uh, maybe, maybe I'm surprised about 11 because I think that's a little high, but I'm not surprised this team is good. I mean, they still have good players on defense, most notably Luke Eakley. I think that pretty much any time he's healthy, the Panthers are going to threaten to be a great defense. Um, but they, they've just been really inconsistent. You know, like the, the stats that you mentioned, those basically are the averages of what they've done this year. But if you look at the highs and the lows, you know, this is a team that scored over 30 points multiple times this year. We know that Cam Newton has had some really great games. Uh, and then you kind of, you know, the foil to those games are the games like they played against Chicago, where they scored three points and they had, you know, the they basically gave up all the points on, on offense, you know, through turnovers. Uh, you know, they've had a couple games like that. Um, the game against Atlanta, they didn't really show up. Cam had three picks. So, uh, you know, the, the lows for Carolina, particularly on offense, have been really low. Uh, but the highs are still really high. So I think that this team can certainly threaten uh, with anyone in the NFC if they get hot and they can kind of sustain. Uh, but... You know, the upside, I think, with a guy like Cam Newton uh, at quarterback, with someone like a Christian McCaffrey who can be dynamic, of uh, Devin Funchess, like this team definitely has the pieces to be exciting, and they've done that multiple times this year. They just need to be able to get a little bit of consistency going forward.
3: Mentioned there, Cam Newton, and you know he had a career high this year in attempts. He rushed the ball 100 at times. He had 754 yards, which was the 23rd in NFL. So a really good statistical rushing year from him. The passing game, as I mentioned, then you you kind of touched on it too. Had his peaks and valleys. Newton is not known for his passing ability. He was second in the league as well in yards per carry. Uh, he had 5.4 as his average, and that was second only till Alvin Kamara, who was 6.1, who we mentioned a minute ago. So tried it all, they have been up and down, as you mentioned. There's been some brights spots. Devin Funches had a nice season overall. He had 63 receptions, 840 yards and 8 touchdowns. And uh, This was his third year in the league. If you look at his first two seasons, he had 54 catches for 844 yards and 9 touchdowns. So uh did what he did in his first two years in this one season. So a nice jump forward from him after the trade away of Kelvin Buffalo Bills. And then Christian McCaffrey was uh, 14th overall in the league with 80 receptions, one behind Alvin Kamara for the most among rookies. So we have a lot of hype around Kamara and he has been getting in the end zone. Christian McCaffrey then started the season a little a little bit slower maybe and he hasn't had much rushing work on the ground in tests but when you look at what he's done you know the, the way we talk about Kamara I think uh, Christian McCaffrey as a rookie deserves a little bit more credit do you do you feel in the same way oh I
1: totally do and I'm kind of hoping that McCaffrey in particular is going to inspire this you know new brand of running back I mean certainly not everyone is going to be as skilled as McCaffrey but I really like the diversification of the usage 117 rush attempts uh, versus 113 targets, I kind of think that that's what you should be doing with running backs. I mean, these these players, you know, uh, you know, in the passing game are really difficult to cover. You have to decide, you know, are we going to cover them with a linebacker? Are we going to cover them with safety? Uh, you know, are we going to take guys out of the box because then what if they run the ball? I, I just think it gives a lot of headaches. And you know, McCaffrey, I know that like the yards per attempt rushing really hasn't been there, uh, but he has still been someone that teams have had to game plan for every single week. Uh, and I, Yeah, I mean, if he got to the end zone a few more times, I think that we'd be talking about him a lot more. He still had the five touchdowns receiving. Uh, he still led this team in targets and in target share with 113 and 23% respectively. I, I just don't think that there's enough that can be said here. And I think that a lot of the stuff that we said about him, you know, at his in the pre-draft process last year has kind of come to fruition. I think that he's going to be a, you know, a long-term uh, PPR running back one.
3: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, you know, too. a lot of the time when people come in and they're dribbled, what the talk is in the pre-draft, what the expectations are. You know, if we switched our roles and Alvin Kamara was in you know, expected to come in first round, have a big season, the way he did, I think we'd be a little bit quieter in him. It's just that Kamara wasn't expected to do as much, especially with Adrian Peterson there at the start of the season, and then Christian McCaffrey, there was such high hopes for him coming in, and people expecting it to happen straight off the bat. But in the second half of the season, role, I thought he'd done a really, really nice job there. And you mentioned, you know, his yards per carry. Everyone in this team, outside the kid, he struggled to run the ball. Jonathan Stewart had 3.4 yards per carry, which was the lowest of his 10-year career. Uh, you know, he himself had a lot of injuries and uh, just this run game never got going the offensive line had its issues all season long. You mentioned you know the people at Rotoviz been yeah, up high, high on Christian McCaffrey in the off season and no uh, you know Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over one thousand articles per year and it's a suite of more than three apps. You can go to Rotoviz and check out the site and all the great work that all the guys are putting out uh, you know in the off season but there is no off season here when it's to fantasy football at Rotoviz and you know with the season being over it's still a perfect time the, the real perfect time because if you Dive into the information at this stage by the time we get to September when we're all drafting, uh, you'll just be ready, set to go. So, you can get yourself a discount into the Rotoviz Radio Podcast, that is thirty percent off a subscription to a Rotoviz NFL Pass. The discount is for listeners of the podcast only and is available through the NFL Podcast homepage, that is Rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription at access to all our NFL content and tools, and best of all, it helps support the pod. Again, be sure to get your thirty percent discount on NFL Pass at Rotoviz.com for slash podcast so next up we're going to the atlanta falcons a team that obviously had a, a kind of fourth quarter in the super bowl this time last year but they are the only team in the nfc that has made it back this year to the postseason able to see out of the six teams only one makes it back in so good to see some bases in there too in the playoffs but the falcons winning in week 17 against the panthers to guarantee that they but obviously the big talking point going into Super Bowl loss, and then of course Kyle Shanahan going to the 49er, uh, Mike Sarkeesian, or Steve Sarkeesian, sorry, coming in as the new offensive coordinator. The season did start as a struggle for them, but it improved as it went on, but there was huge differences between their twenty sixty seventeen 17 numbers in terms of pretty much all categories. Uh, they scored um, a ha- nearly a 100 ha- season. It, passing yardage was down, rushing yardage was down, forced downs were down, pretty much everything was down. Uh, what did you make of the the chain Kyle Shanahan to Steve Sarkis overall and the effect it had on the offense?
1: I mean, just, there was just no way that they were going to be able to replicate what they did last year. Huge outlier season. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that I, I pretty much expected that this was going to happen where, like, obviously the Falcons were going to do worse. Um, that's just math. Like, that was bound to happen. I don't, I'm not really sure I'm ready to blame Sarkeesian. I mean, are there some things that he could have done better this year? Probably. Um, but, I mean, he's certainly thrown the ball to Julio Jones, uh, you know, more in the red zone than I think we've seen in the past. I think that he's gotten plenty of opportunities granted grant the only three touchdowns. Um, but, like, I think for all that we've said about Sark and the difference between him and Shanahan, like, that's not the difference in them being the team that they are now. I think that this is just who they are. Like, this is who Matt Ryan is. He's average. He's above average. You know, he's not great. He's not elite. Uh, you know, and last year he... He caught the wave and he rode the wave all the way to the Super Bowl. But, you know, I think that if you look at his career numbers, this is a lot more reflective of kind of who he is. So um, I'm not ready to blame Sark. I know that certainly he's been bemoaned a little bit between last year at Bama and this year with the Falcons. I'm not saying he's perfect, but I mean, I think that this is more on the players that are on the field.
3: I definitely agree and of course you mentioned with the kind of just the regression what they did last season the, the seventh best scoring offense in NFL history I think it was always going to be made down to the the change of offensive coordinator but Matt Ryan had a year remember like Cam Newton two years ago had a monster year got to, got to the league we've seen the same last year then with Matt Ryan and you know them players then tend to come back down a little bit and even though he hasn't had a, a tremendous season by any accounts so he has still had an above average season and I think when you, you look through what the team is there's just going to be a couple of dips in there the offensive line last year was uh, absolutely incredible this year a little bit of a drop-off we've seen uh, Freeman miss a few games we've seen Coleman miss a g- few games so there just hasn't been that consistency all around so I think there's just a lot of things to go into it and it's very hard when you have a historical offense to get anywhere close to that again and uh, Julio Jones this season over 14 yard, 1400 yards uh, the first NFL receiver to ever have 1400 yards and score three or fewer there's been 83 players uh, that have had 1400 receiving yards in the past but have three or fewer touchdowns off that so I think next season we can be pretty confident that we're going to see him uh, probably find the end zone a few more times these things tend on themselves a period of time so uh, anything else to add uh, on the Falcons as
1: we as we move yeah through? I mean I just want to make a couple more statistical points like I, I think that first of all you mentioned Julio I mean, I've seen some early first round projections for next year in terms of fantasy, and I, I know it's really early, but I've seen a lot of, you know, projected first rounds that leave Julio Jones out. And I think that that's going to be a huge buying opportunity for fantasy owners. Like you said, the, the three touchdowns, uh, touchdowns, is the most variant statistic we have in the sport. And obviously they, you know, affect a lot um, in terms of the scoring because they're worth six points, but they're the things that we can really control the least. The 1400 yards by Julio is fantastic. I think that that's, That's why we should be buying. That's a guy that we want. Um, And just one more point on Matt Ryan and kind of the whole Sark thing. Um, You know, last season, the 9.26 yards per attempt that Matt Ryan posted were by far the best of his career. Uh, The second best was actually his rookie season, uh, only on 434 attempts, 7.93, a a huge drop off. Uh, But what he did this season, 7.74, would actually rank as his third best season efficiency wise. So, I'm not really sure that we can say that Sark is to blame for for the offense when he's actually already gotten more out of Matt Ryan than we've seen from him over the course of his career. So uh, just one more thing, I think, to keep in mind when, when discussing the offensive coordinator change and and, uh, you know, Brian is a player
3: yeah and uh you know i mentioned the 1400 yards stat a moment ago just for a, a receiver when they go over 1400 yards in terms of touchdowns just 10.7 touchdowns in the season so we mentioned their Julio at three so even if he kind of comes to you know the average next year and if he gets a thousand yards again you know he, he should be having six or more touchdowns the other player you mentioned the possibility of him being outside uh, the first round i think that would be an absolute bargain you know especially if you're picking at the back end of the first round and you can have him and then double up with somebody else but somebody two receivers in this division that I'm definitely going to be targeting a lot who had low touchdown totals this season. The other one is uh, Michael Thomas who we touched on already. He's with five on the season and I think uh, next season I, i'm expecting that to be much much uh and you know you mentioned it, it's, it's too early maybe to be talking about uh 2018 drafts it's never too early anthony we can <laughs> we can always speculate because i don't think it can ever be uh, too early when we're looking at it so moving on to the vision now and we're talking about the tampa bay buccaneers the buccaneers this season they just you know we talked earlier about you know the pin inconsistent the, the the buccaneers had some good games but they were pretty much bad all season long um i don't know if you've any more positive stuff but, you know. Mike Evans, a lot of people have him pegged for huge things heading into the season. He's joined now a group of wide receivers reaching a thousand yards, you know, receiving yards in his first four straight seasons in the league. So he joins guys like Randy Moss, he joins AJ Green. Uh, he's, he's had an incredible first four years in the league. I kind of got called out on Twitter for criticising him uh, this week, but it's not that I don't like Mike Evans as a player, I just find that. He's just a big-bodied receiver He tends to catch the ball and fall down. There, There is a lot of differences, I guess, between you know, him and certain players, but it just kind of reminds me of a better version of Kelvin. I'm probably going to get a lot of criticism for that, but do you, how do you feel about Mike? We're probably getting... I don't know what, what way you're going to feel about it.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm a huge Mike Evans fan, so this is a good... Uh, the opposite side yeah, of Yeah, this, this is a nice little debate, <laughs> I think, for us to have. I mean, uh, you mentioned what he's done in his young career. I just think it's really impressive, and uh, I know that he's been inconsistent you know in terms of the seasons that he's produced he had the big rookie year and then you know second year he kind of stepped back and last year he was really good and this year he kind of stepped back but you know i think that we can we need to start looking at, at the quarterback and the coaching uh you know to be responsible for this and it's a little difficult i guess just to, to see when you just look at evan's statistics because you know he's been on the same team all four years there's you know we're still really i guess establishing what his mean really is so it's difficult to say really what uh we should be expecting but i mean just look at the guy across the field from him in Deshaun Jackson. I posted this on Twitter earlier this week, but uh, if you look at Deshaun Jackson's efficiency in terms of racer, which is the, uh, you know, the efficiency metric that Josh Hermsmeyer has come up with, uh, his racer in Philly was uh, 0.68. His racer in Washington was 0.75. But his racer this year in Tampa was only 0.46. Really a huge drop-off from what we've seen from him over the course of his career, and and not a huge change in average depth of target, uh, 15.9 this year, Uh, 14.9 in Washington and 14.5 in Philly. So uh, not a huge difference in terms of like how he's being used, uh, but a huge difference in efficiency. And I think that that points out to the QB play of, you know, Jameis Winston, obviously we saw a little bit of Ryan Fitzpatrick in there. Um, You know, I just think that this team has not been great under center. Uh, You know, and maybe some of this is to be blamed on Dirk Cutter, who I'm, you know, as an aside, I'm very surprised that he came back. Um, but I, I I'm not really sure that we can blame Evans for this. I, he's consistently been with Jameis, uh, you know, towards the bottom of the league in terms of catchable balls thrown his way. Uh, I'm just not, you know, I, I know you mentioned like he kind of catches the ball and falls down. But I think part of that is that he's catching a lot of passes very far down the field. So uh, I, I'm not out on, on Evans yet. I, I'm still buying in dynasty leagues where I don't have him and certainly in redraft next year if he slips. Uh, I'm willing to buy because I mean the ceiling is still high. He's he's gone double-digit touchdowns twice in four seasons. I think that that's something that uh, that's a ceiling that we need to always be targeting.
3: Yeah, no, I I enjoy the the debate and I'm going to get into it in one second. But just when you mentioned Jackson. Uh, he finished the 2017 season with career lows per game, 47.7 yards per reception, 13.4. And his longest reception this season was 41, the lowest of his career in terms of longest in a season. And his PPR uh, or points per game finished this year was wide receiver 49. So a really down year for, uh, for Deshaun Jackson. When you mentioned Evans, I do agree with you. I, th- I think some of my feelings on Evans is based to Jim, who I... I I just think like you know if you look at uh, like Wardell's done in his first couple of years in the league I think there's a, a stark similarity in terms of uh, turnovers in terms of mistakes I I don't know if there's a more uh, you know mistake prone quarterback in the NFL than James Winston uh, do you think that. Been tied to Jameis is a good thing, long-term or a bad thing. And you mentioned as well with Evans, a lot of it I tend to think, and of course he's a number one wide receiver, so he's going to get the target volume. But this year uh, he had 24% of the targets, 15th among all players. But if you look at 2015, he had 29%, which was 7th. And then 2016, he had 30%, which was from the league in terms of uh, percentage of the offensive share. So the reason why you think that dropped this season uh, by 5% of his uh, second uh, lowest total and been tied to uh, once in long term is a, a concern for Mike Evans? Uh,
1: so uh, the target share thing for me is just simply that they added more players to the offense. I mean, they got Deshaun Jackson in there. They uh, drafted Chris Godwin. They drafted O.J. Howard. So I think there's just a little more mouths to feed uh, than previously uh, was present. So that, I think, for me, accounts for the difference in targets. Um, in terms of Jameis, I mean, there is something to be said for having an established floor of quarterback play. Uh, and I think that Evans probably has that with Jameis Winston. I'm not a huge fan, and, and certainly, you know, we're not even really sure, I guess, necessarily, if the Bucks will hold on to him. Uh, they're going to have to make that decision fairly soon in terms of an extension. Uh, so if that happens and he gets extended, you know, then we're looking at, uh, you know, Evans long-term basically being with a guy who's, you know, seven and a half yards per attempt, which is which is not bad. I mean, I think that's, that's pretty good. That's sustainable. That's something that I think gives Evans a nice floor. I, I certainly want... Um, uh, some of those balls that that are being thrown like out of bounds or over Evans head like I'd like for some of those to, to find his tremendous frame because I don't think it should be that difficult to hit someone his size um, but I think that the floor of quarterback play is a positive and that's actually been something that you know when I look at Mike Evans uh, you know this is going back to really before this season but when I was looking at you know someone like Mike Evans versus someone like Odell Beckham who came from the same draft class uh, you know it was kind of giving me some pause and some reasoning to maybe prefer Evans because I know that he'll have that stable quarterback play. You know, we'll see what the Giants do in the draft this year. They can kind of get the next, you know, the next Eli or the next quarterback in there that can uh, buoy OBJ's production. But I think that, you know, when you look at the dynasty, you know, realm of receivers, certainly Antonio Brown has some concerns with Ben Roethlisberger being a retirement threat. I, I supposedly really anytime, uh, you know, OBJ is losing... Eli I think that there is uh, certainly something to be said for you know having a young quarterback in Winston
3: yeah no I, d- I definitely um, I think it's a very fair point and I uh, always enjoy getting different people's perspectives opens up uh, my mind as well but uh, I just I uh, have concerns around Jameis long term but uh, I just have a stat that's uh, popped up to me here and it's about Alvin Kamara somewhere we're on the topic of the NFC so I think it's fair enough and I'm going to see uh, he's the first running back uh, to score over 300 PPR points in a single season and have fewer than 150. Car- how, you know, how, how do you think he's managed on 120 cases to uh, end up with over 300 PPR points?
1: Um. Well, I mean, having 80 receptions certainly has something to do with it. Uh. But, I mean, just tremendous touchdown efficiency. Even with,
3: uh, even with those 80 receptions. 80 receptions and 100. So he's at 200 touches, but he's at uh, those 300 pieces. Incredible. Uh, that's
1: incredible. But, I, I, I mean, if I could just make this, this note, not to add controversy to the end of the podcast. Um, but but I would not be drafting Alan Kamara in the first round next year, and I have a feeling he's going to be like a top five pick in a lot of leagues. I I just uh, I talked earlier today
3: with uh, Adam Rank for the Over overtime Ireland podcast and uh, interestingly enough that he's uh he's Alvin Kamara as the the number one overall pick next year. So if he, he is that platform over at uh, NFL Network, I think you could be definitely a top five pick based on if people start talking about him in that
1: in that. There we go. We'll have to have Adam on or something to uh <laughs> to, to, to it out or something when we get closer to draft season.
3: Yeah. <laughs> let's uh let's have a let's have a do that. so we've kind of gone through the four teams Was there anything else that uh, you think any you know, other general thoughts in the division that you want to share
1: no i mean i just think that this is this was the best division in football this year and i didn't really think it was particularly close i uh, just top to bottom uh you know obviously you have the three playoff teams i thought all three of those teams i think all three of those teams are in position to potentially win the nfc it wouldn't surprise me if any of those teams were left standing um you know and certainly the bucks disappointed this year i think that they were a very popular ironically they were a very popular pick to win the division um you know but they, they do have the talent they, they
3: got they got that preseason season hype with
1: the, the hard right. knocks oh, the, the hard knocks gets to death right um <laughs> you know but they have the talent to bounce back and you know we'll see kind of what becomes of them but this division just has so much talent uh, i'm really excited to kind of watch what goes on going forward
3: yeah, since this has been the best of his in football, or not in football, there has been, but this has been consistent over the last three or four years, and, uh, you know, I was quite surprised at has kind of developed their game this season, obviously, going with the run game and their defense and thing uh, that we probably didn't expect in the, the offseason. We probably thought they were going to run, taking in Adrian Peterson, but the way their defense developed has been, I've enjoyed watching, and obviously that has been able to adapt their game, their uh, run-heavy style, and uh, kind of try and take a little bit of pressure off Drew and no, know, his arm's probably not up to doing it uh, in 17 games straight, but if you get him into the playoffs and you're behind and you need to score, I think Drew can certainly still do a, a job for you. So you might as well with, uh, you know, the three teams, and you wouldn't be surprised if one of them goes on to re- represent the NFC and the Super Bowl. Is one in mind that you th- is really think strongly about that we could see in the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, the Saints for me, I think, are a really strong candidate. I mean, the the ability to run the football, uh, you know, in the playoffs, I think is great. And and you mentioned what kind of how they've handled Breeze. I, I think it's incredible what they've done uh, to basically be able to make Breeze a game manager. And then in the situations where they need him to play, he just like turns it on into Hall of Fame mode and he is just like ready to go like that. I, it's just a really, a really great dynamic. And of course, you know, when you have the two backs and Kamara in particular that can do so many things that they're really tough. And with the improvements on defense and the issues that Philly is is probably gonna have at quarterback in the postseason. Uh I really like the Saints. Yeah, I like the Saints
3: too, so I think they would be my pick out of these three if there is a winner from them in the NFC. I think for me the NFC will come down I think to uh you know, the Vikings, the Rams and the Saints. So it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be competitive it's a lot more competitive in the AFC side of things than or in the NFC side of things, sorry, than the AFC and when we look at it as well I think this division has been uh, the most competitive on the year, so looking forward to seeing the next couple of weeks play out and who wins it all come the end of it. But that's for today's edition of the uh, Rotovis season review. It, uh, it's a fun show. I hope you all enjoyed listening in, enjoyed logging with Anthony about all the there. And uh, we're going to have. Uh, eight of these in total this is the first one so we have seven more to go there's going to be myself and Anthony there's a couple other guys that Road of His radio that you'll be uh, used to hear in your earbuds and uh, you'll hear them in the next couple of weeks the plan is one to two shows each and every week, all the way through to the Super Bowl so looking forward to uh, hearing those myself Not on. And uh, obviously I'm looking forward to recording a couple more of them. So that's going to do it for me, Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtillant. My co-host today on the show was Anthony Amico. You can follow him on Twitter at Amixta. Make sure you check out the rest of the review series. And of course, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz season review. Please write and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at, at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to a thirty percent discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com for podcast.
0: AAA Home Insurance isn't just about roofs and windows. It's about the people inside. Honey,
2: that tiny leak. Not so tiny.
0: Which is why you get a full replacement guarantee on everything we cover. Mom, I dented the car. And discounts when you bundle your home and auto insurance. Mom, can we go to Hawaii? Plus, when you pair your coverage with a AAA membership, you get discounts on travel, hotels, and more.
1: Oh, thanks, AAA.
0: Join today at AAA.com. Get great insurance and more to outsmart life at home. AAA. Outsmart life.